Hello, hello. I'm Bree. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar, our lives, our strength, our time. Uh, back again with a really, really fun conversation, hopefully. I'm super excited about our guest today, uh, somebody I've admired for a very long time. So I'm going to get to it. Um, please tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, guys. My name is Sam. I am from Virginia. I am a powerlifter uh, in the USAPL. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here this morning, Sam. And you're very modest because you are a lot more than that. But I'll let you have that this morning. <laughs> um, Sam is like, you know, the powerlifting guru. She's, you know, won Ron Ashles a gazillion times. It's, you know, a whole lot of things. But anyway, we'll get into that. So um, one of the things I like to do when I start off talking to guests is to talk to them a little bit about from whence they came. So tell me a little bit about... Um, what your relationship was like with sports or strength or fitness as a as a wee girl okay so i started playing like basketball when i was six so i've literally been playing some form of activity some form of sports all my entire all my life oh, okay so six years old i started bitty basketball uh 11 years old i started running track uh, along with basketball, I've played softball, I ran cross country, um, and the biggest development is I ran Division One track at the University of Nevada. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So powerlifting was just kind of added to that after the fact. What was your, um, what was your, not your sport, but what was your specialty when you were running track? Uh, I'm, I was a sprinter, 100 meters, 200 meters, 60 meter dash, and relays. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, so where are you from originally? I'm originally from Louisiana, which is weird that I say Virginia because I'm originally born and raised from Louisiana. I hear it in your voice. My, my <laughs> father's my father's people are from there. So I was like, I hear a little accent. Where, where in Louisiana? Where so in southern Louisiana is a very small town. It's like 45 minutes from Lafayette, um, an hour from Homa, Thibodeau area. It's a very small town. It's called Centerville. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah my, my, my dad's people were from... Um, New Roads, not too okay. far from Baton Rouge. So, okay. Oh, nice. All right, fam. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's really cool that you you grew up playing sports. So mm -hmm. um, I know for a lot of, of women, particularly black women, um, you know, growing up can be challenging because, you know, when you think about what the standard is of, you know, whether it's beauty, bodies, all those kinds of things, we're usually not it, right? Um, and so I'm curious, what was your relationship like with your your body and your self-image growing up? Um, I always had a positive relationship with it. Um, my sister basically like paved the way for me. Mm -hmm. So she she also played sports. Uh, she was a, a huge track star in our town. Uh, so she was super popular. Mm -hmm. She had a big booty, so she was popular. <laughs> she was popular in that regard. She was beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. so... I always had her to look up to. So there was never a time that I, you know, I doubted my self work just mm -hmm. because I always had someone who was succeeding, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, someone I always looked up to. So I always had a, a good, a good outlet on life in general because of her. I love it. I love it. This is your older sister. My older sister. We're like eight years apart. So oh, she okay. thinks she's my mom. <laughs> that's what big sisters do. Yes. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, did you find powerlifting or did it find you? Oh, man. I, it, <laughs> it, it found me. So mm -hmm. when I first graduated from college, like my biggest goal was just to be fit. And it was like the first time that I was able to 
explore fitness on my own. Like I didn't have a coach, I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. So I really just fell in love with the gym and everything about the gym. It was literally mm-hmm. my playground. Um, and just and just through being like all over the gym, people started asking me like, like, what are you doing? What are you training for? You know, and it's like, oh, I'm just training for life. I'm just training for life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then over time, like I started seeing other people actually like train, mm-hmm. you know, and they kind of welcomed me into their training. Um, and then through grad school, a lot of the topics was about strength. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of opened my eyes to a whole new world of training. What'd you go to grad school you know, for? Uh, exercise science. Oh, okay. Okay. In, mm-hmm. in Nevada or you went somewhere else? In, uh, in Virginia. Oh, the Minion. Oh, okay. That's how you yep. ended up in Virginia. Okay. Yep. Got it. Got so it. So my, um, my master's is in exercise science. So through mm-hmm. that, we did a lot of presentations on strength. And then you, with that, you get women in strength. And I'm like, oh, right. well, if they could do that, I could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Because I was always generally strong. I mean, form wasn't the best, but I had like an underlying, you know, strength that I right. knew. You know, so I'm like, damn, if they could do that, I could do that. And then through Instagram, you start to see people right. who are actually doing it. I'm like, huh, okay, this person's smaller than me. And she's doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could do it. Yeah. So that really was, it, it kind of came to me through those lenses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then once you said, oh, this sounds really interesting, did you sort of start to train in that in that way by yourself or did you get a coach at that point? So I, I had a classmate who was like super into it and who would send me like, he would send me like Lewis Simmons uh, stuff. He would send me all different types of uh, like juggernaut, just mm-hmm. different resources for me to learn on my own. Uh, but eventually I told him like, man, I want to get stronger. So he tried programming for me and I followed it for a f- solid three or four months until I like I went home to Louisiana on mm-hmm. vacation and had to take a, a week off, but I followed right. it. So he the one kind of like opened my eyes to programming. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this was like October, maybe 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following year I said, man, I'm, I'm gonna sign up for a competition. Cause there was a few other people in the gym who was gonna do one as well. So I just on a whim just signed up and that just gave me a, a concrete goal, something to, tra- to actually train for. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at that point in time, I didn't have a coach. Um, oh, okay. My only goal was basically to take whatever I did in the gym and replicate it on the platform. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Um, and so once you sort of got into powerlifting and decided, okay, yep, this is my jam. How did that affect or change the way that you saw yourself? Well, I still, I, well, now, because I know this is a powerlifting podcast, mm-hmm. I say, hi, Sam, I'm a powerlifter. But if you asked me that walking down the street, I would, you wouldn't know that I was a powerlifter. I wouldn't say those words. Okay. Because what would you to say? Me, I'm, just, I'm just Sam. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, I, I've been playing sports all my life. Uh, right. Different types of sports. Even I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said I'm a sprinter. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I run track. I do powerlifting. That's just part of what I do at this moment in time. But and it's not who so, you are. It's not who I am, you know, and it's not, a, that's not like a negative thing. It's just right. like, I could be anything, mm-hmm. you know, at, at this moment in time, I do powerlifting and I enjoy it and I love it. But five years from now, I could do something else and I like, can enjoy like it and what? I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, where, where do you whatever, see yourself in five years? Sam? Whatever life brings to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that that's a hard question for me, but. All this time throughout my life, like life is just presented opportunities mm-hmm. and it's just up to me to capitalize on those opportunities. So whatever comes, I'll be ready for it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that attitude. Um, so 
you talked a little bit about, you know, you got into it, like this is your jam. Um, one of the things that uh, is interesting to me, and I think, you know, one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this podcast and sort of start this project was because, you know, when I was sort of looking into like, oh, this looks really cool. This mm-hmm. is a cool thing. I didn't really see a lot of women that looked like me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that was, you know, just not not a whole lot of visibility on it. Instagram and other platforms as of yet, I'm not really sure. But um, my question for you is, if there's someone listening to this podcast, right, Black woman or Mm -hmm. young Black woman, and she's like, oh, wow, you know, this seems like a really cool thing, but she maybe feels intimidated because she doesn't see, you know, whether in her gym or just in general, a lot of Black women doing this, um, what would your advice to her be to get started? Be the first one. You know, like you don't... I don't know. So I'm from a predominantly like white town, like small mm-hmm. town. I like I had a graduating class of 40 people, oh, and wow. maybe like 12 of us was black, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. literally growing up, it, it's very few times I see myself in the areas that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I never was looking for that. I was just looking for my next opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like my goal was to always go to college. You know? Right. How I'm going to get to college? Well, I need an academic and an athletic scholarship to get to college. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, who I see around me. I know that's the steps I need to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. like I said, for me, it was my sister. She had an athletic scholarship, a full scholarship. So I knew mm-hmm. it was possible. Right. You know? So, yeah. So I guess in that sense, like, it has to have, you have to have someone to know right. like, that step is possible. Right. Um, on my dad's side, my family was they they were fairly wealthy so i always seen like doctors lawyers like mm-hmm. bankers so i knew that life was possible because mm-hmm. i seen them right um but so in the sports setting i didn't i didn't have to see those people because i already, already knew those things were possible right right uh, okay. so, so i i think it's, it's some internal like you have to you have to be that first person and then other people will follow suit Right. And that's what we normally do. We're mm-hmm. always the first, right? Yep. Um, okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about um, what your training is looking like right now. Like, are you um, prepping for a meet? Are you in off season? What are you up to these days? Yep. So I am doing Raw Nationals, which is in June. I think we're like 13 weeks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think training is kind of heating up a little bit. I'm, I'm on the path of being strong, mm-hmm. <laughs> relatively speaking. Uh, so right now I'm squatting three times a week, deadlift, deadlifting twice a week, benching four times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I train four days a week, basically like a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, training is heating up. I'm, I'm excited for raw nationals. Okay. And so they're not doing it in October this year. They're not doing it in October. Uh, so the October got canceled, and this is like the reschedule of that. Oh. From 2020. Okay. Yeah, right. this is the reschedule of 2020. Okay, gotcha. Um, what's your favorite lift and your least favorite lift? Uh, I, so, <laughs> I, I, so I guess my favorite lift is squats because me and squats in the beginning of my journey had a rough time. Um, mainly like just cutting depth, trying to lift more than what I was capable of living, lifting, thinking my squats were weaker than that, what they actually were. Like we just had a rough time. So that's the lift that I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, deadlifts came pretty easy. You know, to me, it's the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, technically speaking and strength wise, it came pretty easily. Wow. Uh, Why do you think it's the hardest lift? Because I'm strong at it. 
So I'm lifting more weight and it's hard. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because <laughs> I'm like, what? Bit? Deadlift, girl, bitch. I hate bench. Anyway. Because, um. <laughs> like, for me, like, deadlifts, either they're, like, they're rocking or, they, like, or they're, right. they're not. There's no in-between. You know, there is no in-between. <laughs> there is nothing. Like, is it easy right. or is it not coming off the ground? <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah. Um, and so does the coach have a coach? Do you have a coach? I do have a coach. I've been with my coach for probably five years now. Um, oh, okay. He's based out of Texas. He's actually from Virginia. That's how I know him. Mm-hmm. But he lives in Texas, so it's a remote relationship. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. So moving into that space, how did you transition from being the um, an athlete to a coach? What was that? What was that like for you? Well, even before um, doing powerlifting, I was a personal trainer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the the role of coach kind of evolved as I evolved as an athlete. Then I mm-hmm. started. Then people started. I started attracting people who also wanted to compete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I competed, so the the role kind of kind of slowly evolved uh, uh, over time. Okay, okay. And how do you maintain the balance? Because I, I I find a lot of times that um you know either just working with coaches or just observing sometimes like people that are training people but also still actively competing like things get a little hairy for them in terms of you know whether it be time management or other things. So how do you sort of balance those two out while you're, you know, in, in, in season coaching, you know, athletes that are also in season? Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And like, you, you pretty much go through seasons. Uh, you know, there are some times of the year that I will prioritize work over my own training. Like I'll mm-hmm. inconvenience myself because of work. Mm-hmm. And there's other times that I will inconvenience work for my own training, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like ebbs and flows. Um, but as I become more developed as a professional, I've been able to like block off my schedule as I feel, uh, fit, you know, I've been, Mm -hmm. I've been able to put myself first versus my work first. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now like, instead of working mornings and evenings, Monday through Friday, uh, I only work mornings and evenings on Tuesday, Thursday. So now I have Monday, Wednesday, Fridays afternoons to focus solely on my training mm-hmm. uh, versus mm-hmm. trying to fit my training in between clients. Okay. Um, okay. Gotcha. Early in my early in my career, that's, that wouldn't have been a decision I could have made. You know, financially, mm-hmm. I couldn't have said, "Oh, I'm not going to work in the afternoons." Right. Uh, right. Because the world of like personal training and coaching, that's just kind of the culture. You work in the mornings, you work in the afternoons. Right. You got to pay the bills. You got to pay the bills. Um, are most of your clients remote? That's actually like half and half. So I really, yeah, I train in person probably 40, 45 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then I also have my remote clients. So I, the numbers wise, they're half and half. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so, as you know, we're in the middle of a panorama, as I like to say. Um, how has this pandemic affected your um, your own? training as well as the ability to train others so i I was so fortunate um in last march can't believe it's been a year can you Um, believe it (laughs) the most stressful time was the week prior to all the gyms closing in my area because Uh we didn't know what to do because first it's supposed to be three weeks right uh so we had no idea so mm-hmm. my initial thought was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm just going to work on getting my, my fitness back. I'm going to do some cardio, mm-hmm. some bodyweight stuff. It's no big deal. I'm just going to buy some some dumbbells. It's mm-hmm. going to be all good. 
Um, and after a day, I was like, okay, F this, you know, <laughs> this isn't, no. Not but I, I had made a joke to a friend of mine. I was like, man, we could just put some equipment in a storage unit. Mm -hmm. And he, and he took me serious. So the next day he started like looking at storage units and I was like, oh, okay, you serious. Uh, and then the next, the, the day after that, he drove like three hours to go get a, a rack for us. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I have no choice now. <laughs> and then the gym was Careful very, what you asked for. right. And then the gym was very gracious to let us take like barbells and mm -hmm. uh, plates. So we, we had the basic necessities of what we needed, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so this little 200 square foot storage unit became our gym. Wow. And my serious clients, you know, the ones who also compete themselves. Yeah, they were they were ready and willing to do whatever mm -hmm. they needed to do to train. You know, it wasn't convenient. You know, right. it wasn't the weather didn't uh, agree with us most days, but right. we, we got it done. Got it so done. it was so it, everything was so life didn't change too much. Right, it didn't change too much. Right, right. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I know that, same thing. It's like, oh, you know, well, I'll take, you know, two weeks. I can do some cardio at home. Yeah. It's like, oh, this this is for real. And then yeah. it's like, you know, trying to find stuff on the black market. Like I met some guy <laughs> in a back alley to buy a barbell <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the night. Like it was rough. So that's awesome yeah. that you were able to transition yeah. so easily. But, what, but what it really showed me, though, is like I, I didn't own anything. Right. Like, cause I work out of a gym that has everything. And, and right. so the week of like the gym owner trying to figure out what he was going to do, I was like, wow, like my entire business yeah. is dependent on this one individual. Right. Like, and I have nothing. Like, I mean, I had nothing, you mm know? -hmm. Uh, so like once like we did get the storage unit and then we had to return equipment back, I made sure to like, okay, now I need to buy my own stuff. Because mm, if this awesome. was to ever happen again. I need to be, I need to make sure I'm good. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, that's, that's a pretty good lesson to learn. So now Yo, you have yeah. kind of your own little <laughs> setup just in case. Because, I mean, we, we I would have been out of work for a little yeah. Like, I mean, the grand scheme of things, it would have been nothing compared to like some people are still out of right. work. Right. Right. You know, right. but it would have been a hot, a hot minute. Lesson learned. <laughs> lesson learned. Yes. So um, one of the other things I wanted to ask about just kind of around the pandemic you know, and everything. And I think, you know, for a lot of athletes, not only, you know, was it tough because, you know, a lot of people, their training got cut short or whatever, but I think mentally um, it was also very trying. Not, I mean, it was trying for, it's been trying for everyone, but I think in particular, you know, folks that are used to their routine, they know what days are training, they've got this thing or they're training for something. How did that affect you? Like, how did I mean, I know it didn't necessarily put you off in terms of your, of your business, but just mentally, how did you take care of yourself during this time? Honestly, honestly, it was wonderful. Oh, do tell. It was wonderful because I went, because <laughs> I, I, I never take time off from work. Never, uh, never. My honeymoon was my very first vacation ever. And that got screwed up because of COVID. Right. But I've never really, outside of like going to powerlifting meets, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at work. I work six days a week. Yeah. So. So having COVID, I was down to working maybe five, six hours a day, mm, mm -hmm, you know? So mm -hmm. it was like, wow, this is awesome. Right. You know? Right. So I went from working 10 to 12 hours a day to five to six. And I'm like, dang, like now I have time to go do other things and just like mm -hmm. enjoy life, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and tr focus on my training. 
Right. So, it, I mean, and then when we went back to the gym, it made it made the transitioning to cutting down my hours easier. So uh, I'm like, I know I don't I don't need to work this much. Right. You know, I did just right. fine with working, you know, five six hours a day. Mm -hmm. I don't need to work ten hours a day, and I'm happier right. working five to six hours a day. Mm -hmm. You know, so it just kind of it just changed my mindset a little bit. You know, yeah. and it started allowed me to pivot. You know? Yeah. What do you think you'll like, you know, from those lessons that you were, that you learned or things you observed, what do you think you'll you'll take away from from that post COVID? What do you think you'll keep? Uh, just taking more time for me, mm -hmm. you know, enjoying more time outside, just being more active outside of the gym, mm -hmm. you know, just enjoying life a little more. Okay. Uh, that's that's definitely my post COVID like things to do list. Just, yeah, you know, just being more free. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it. I hate to say the bright side, but I think for yeah. a lot of people, they there were some some le hard lessons they learned, but yeah. I also think there were some really mm -hmm. positive lessons that, you know, folks, I know I did just in terms of, you know, around myself and taking right. care of myself and things like that. So, you know, if there is a bright side, I guess that would be it. Mm -hmm. um, but I know, you know, a lot of folks, myself included, <laughs> you know, got a little freaked out because, you know, I they've lost strength, right? Mm -hmm, Especially if they're mm -hmm. serious competitors or athletes or whatever. So how do you, you know, how do you help your clients sort of work through that? Like, let's say for whatever reason, they, you know, had to step back a little bit. Um, how do you, you know, kind of get them through that space of, oh my gosh, you know, I've lost all my gains. I'll never compete again. What do you, what, what would you tell the, a client? Yeah, tell I had, I had a few clients who were not able to work out like at all, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, between just not having access to the gym or like their work schedule just cranked up because of right. COVID. Um, in, in those situations, you, you just tell them to take it one day at a time. Your first mm -hmm. day back in the gym, don't try to be a hero. Just right. like, just see where you are. Just mm -hmm. see where you are and just build on top of that. You know, and a month goes by, it's going to be a blip in time. And right. you're going to start to, you know, each day you're going to feel better, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. it's it just trying to keep them focused on the bigger picture. Because um, mm -hmm. even even the clients who were still able to train with me, they were they were not able to like train their full days. Right. So they was doing like two days in person with me. But instead of doing two more days on their own, they couldn't. Right. Right. So even their their workload got reduced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and some of them seeing a reduction in their uh, strength because of it. And, you know, it'll freak you out a little bit if you let it. But then you just have to be grateful. Like, hey, but I'm training. Right. You know. Right. Right. And so. then like what if so if there are clients that are people that are like, OK, well, you know, I have some some equipment at home, but mm -hmm. you know, I, my gym still closed, what have you. Um, you know, how do you transition your 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 coaching or programming to to those people like, you know, they might have a barbell at home and, you know, some some plates, but they don't have any a lot of stuff for accessory work right. or vice versa. They have stuff for accessory work, but they just don't have a barbell and plates. Well, I think all my like all the clients who work close with me, we, we have a bigger vision for ourselves in the right. sense of like it's not just powerlifting. Like powerlifting is something we love. Right. It, it gives us something to train for. But like we're, we're doing this for longevity. You know, mm -hmm. we're doing it to be healthy, happy and fit. Mm -hmm. So you just got to pivot your mindset. Like, you know, if you have bands, use those bands, mm -hmm. right? You could, you could do 10 things with those bands, you know, utilize those things. You have your body, mm -hmm. you know, it may not be fun, but right. the, the main goal when you came to me, most of them was to just be healthy and fit, mm -hmm. you know, so don't lose sight on that original goal. Right. You know, even when I started my personal fitness journey, it was just to be fit, you know, right. um, 
So, and we don't need fancy equipment to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we get spoiled with all right. our fancy equipment, but we don't need those things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here literally grinning from ear to ear because listening <laughs> to you talk is like listening, talking to one of my relatives. So it's like some, some words you say, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm oh, talking yeah. to my cousin. So this is just like, this is so much, so much fun. Yes. Um, so uh, I, and I hate to ask this question this way because I haven't figured out a better way, but in terms of how you support your um, training nutritionally, because I don't like the word diet, like (laughs) what, you know, what sort of, you know, way of of eating works best for you in terms of, of, you know, just life and, and in terms of your training? So when I'm really serious and I'm focused and I'm in the zone, I, I follow the RP app, okay. Design Hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically I take their macros and I plug it into my fitness pal because uh, my fitness pal platform is just easier to navigate right. Right. Uh, than RP. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially when I do follow macros, I eat more, you know, because mm, I'm more conscious, I'm more focused. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm actually putting like good food in my body mm-hmm. versus, you know, what's, what's ever around. Right. Um, so it's always nice to eat more and, you know, still get the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It just takes more, obviously, focused planning. You know? Right. Right. And Do you. Oh, go ahead. And, and that was it. And just being on like a, a time schedule. Okay. Okay. And then do you, um, do you typically stay around your, your, your competition weight class or do you usually have to cut or or how does that work for you? So typically, yes, but COVID just got me like it got everybody else. <laughs> you know, Crept up on us. Yes. I, I stepped on the scale one day and I was like, no, this, this is not, this, 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 the scale is broken. I'm right. Like, maybe it's because it's the middle of the day I have on clothes. Right, like, right, right. That's not right. Right. And then like the next morning I like weighed myself first thing in the morning, you know, naked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh. yeah. Still okay. saying the same thing. That's what, here we are, you know. So that was the first right. time like I legitimately had like, oh, you actually have to like cut. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, you just got to be conscious of your eating. Like I actually had to like work hard and like get down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it was fun because it it, it it just provides a whole new level of like focus and right. like dedication and that's always brings out a, you know the best in you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's true so you know I think a lot of like you said COVID crept up on a lot of us right um, and not only that I think you know a lot of times you know women that come to strength sports um, and then they you know start to get serious about it their bodies change Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, honestly, for a lot of folks, in order to be able to support, you know, the type of of weight they're moving, they usually have to eat a little more, Mm -hmm. um, like you said. So you wake up one day and you're like, oh, this is great. I'm strong. I'm hitting PRs, but my jeans don't fit. Right. And so some people start freaking out. Like, what advice would you give um, those folks? For those people, it's like if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, like in the gym and Mm -hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have nothing to worry about. You mm-hmm. know, if your jeans don't fit, it's, it's because of a good reason. Right. Right. Now, if you know you're not doing what you're supposed to do at home, mm-hmm. then when your jeans don't fit, that's when you freak out. Right. 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 You know, so it's not about the gym, the jeans not fitting. It's because now you know, like all the things you, you were not doing mm-hmm. is coming to haunt you, mm-hmm. you know, because every person I know who like, you know, they're gaining weight. They say it's muscle, but it's really fat or, <laughs> you know, it's like, 
you're, you're not, you're not, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you're not trying. Right. You know? Right. You know? And I mean, yeah. I've been there, you know? Yeah. I've, I've bullshitted myself, you know? Yeah. I've half-assed, you know? I tried two days and then stopped. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And we all been there. and But yeah. we know, subconsciously, we know we're not working, we're not working hard enough. We can right. do better. Right, 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 right. That's true. And then, I mean, you know, for, for some folks right now, it's just like, it's a lot, right? You've been mm-hmm. thinking about, okay, I got to figure out how to train and I got to figure out how to, right. you know, eat a certain way. And I got to, you know, sort of manage my family and work mm-hmm. and my mental right. health. And, yeah. You know, I think sometimes it's okay to pick one thing to focus on. <laughs> and, and know that and you have to, you know, and you have to pick exactly it back up it. later. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. You have to know, like, what's your number one priority, mm-hmm. right? If your number one priority is to be a mom, that's your number one priority. I understand right. you also want to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But you have to understand X, Y, and Z will fall to the backside. And you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do the best you can to manage X, Y, and Z. But you also have to understand your number one love and joy and satisfaction is being a mom. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So if X, yep. Y, Z have to fall back, you just have to be okay yeah. and manage it the best way you can. You know, yeah. griping about it is not going to make the situation better. Right. Right. And I think the hard part um, has been recognizing that this is just a moment in time. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it. You know, it feels like it's been forever and it'll be forever. But, right. you know, it'll pass. I won't say it'll, it'll go back pass. to normal because I don't think there is going to be a normal. It'll be a new no, normal. There's but, not. yeah, I think, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I mean, I have to remind myself of that constantly. So, no, mm-hmm. that's that's really great advice. Um, what has surprised you the most about your powerlifting sort of journey? Uh, I think when I'm in the gym and I realized, like, damn, you the freaking strongest 63 in this nation. That's crazy. <laughs> right. It just kind of hits you like, what? <laughs> you know, because, like, when when I first got into the sport, like, I'm looking at others. Like you say, right. you try to find other people yeah. to model off of. So I'm looking at others. I'm reading about what other people are doing. I'm reading about their training mm-hmm. and how they're better. And it's like, now I'm like, I'm that Person, yeah, people are doing that know? about you, right? <laughs> you know, and that's crazy. But then I'm, I'm looking at it like, I'm not doing nothing special, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. like, I'm training every day just like everyone is training. Everyone else is training every day, right. you know? Uh, so it, it just, it's just funny looking at it from a different lens. Because right. you think other people just have this like, this magic key that if you had that secret sauce that, you know, it'll make you instantly better. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see that a lot. Yeah, I still um, haven't found that key. So right, right. The, the key is there is no key. Yeah, they, <laughs> you just they're right. Work your ass off. <laughs> exactly. I think that's the most disappointing yeah. piece for a lot of folks. It's like you don't you know. get, you don't get where you are in a year, right? Um, no, it, it takes some time, and um, yeah. it's funny. I'll have friends that'll be like, "Oh, I just started." You know, I'm training and I'm not getting any stronger and I can't lift, you know, I can't squat 300 pounds. It's like, well, how long have you been at it, girl? Six weeks. Get out Six of my weeks. face. Yeah. Get and out of my that, face. And that's conversations I have all the time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 Speaking of that, um, you know, again, just from the coaching perspective, how do you, you know, and I think some people naturally just sort of recognize that, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and some mm-hmm. people it takes them a while to get there. How do you, you know, sort of level set I guess or set expectations when you get a new client who comes in like yeah you know I'm trying to bench 265 it's like oh you know how long have you been working out like three months like how do you get them to focus on themselves rather than what other people are doing you know it's hard because so it's a hard balance Mm -hmm. because you never want to like uh steal someone's joy 
Right. And you want, you never want to steal their um, motivation is not the word, but right. their ambition, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when I told my coach that I wanted to be a national champion, he didn't say, well, Sam, you're right. like 70 kilos away. Like that may take a little while. He mm. didn't say that. He said, bet. Okay. Because the process doesn't change, right? Right. Me right. wanting to be a world champion and me wanting to live five pounds more, that process is still the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try not to immediately like push my, my opinion on them because my mm-hmm. opinion is, is aged. The reason why I have my opinion is because I've been doing this for a, a few years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and they haven't, you know, so I just kind of like let those conversations kind of develop over time, you know, right, and and let their work kind of speak to where they're going, and mm-hmm. hopefully over time they start to realize like, damn, these five pounds was hard to get, right, right, you know, yeah, it's not, <laughs> you know, not two hundred pounds may not be there next week, <laughs> so they figure you know? it out for themselves. Yeah, I kind of let them figure, figure it out, out for themselves. I and, love you that. Know, because I, I, I want them all to, because it's easier, and I, I tell them this, is like, it's easier for me to, like, control your ego. Mm. Because, you know, I get to be the one that decided what to put on the bar. Right. So it's easier for me to manage the ego, but I can't give you confidence. Right, right. right I could, right. like, keep someone in the pocket who has a big ego, but if you're someone who is lacking confidence, that's mm. way harder to give someone confidence. Right? Interesting. So if Interesting. someone thinking, Why do you think that is? I, I think it's just like a um, is a uh, an individual thing. You mm-hmm. know how they was born, how they was raised, yeah. how they see themselves. Yeah. You know their past experiences in life. Right. You know some people just they just think they could do everything. You know. Interesting. So yeah. they will try ten things and they may fail at all of them, but they still going to try. Yeah. You know, and I think that person is going to get farther farther than the person who lacks the ability to just try. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's interesting because I see, you know, <laughs> I see a lot of times on the Internet, you know, you have people and they'll have coaches and they're always mentioning their coaches, but they never do what their coaches tell them to do. And I'm like, why are you why are you filming that and putting that on Instagram? Right. And it like drives me nuts because I'm like, <laughs> why are you spending this money if you're not going to listen to what this person's telling you? You know, so it'll say like, you know, yes, I was supposed to do such and such pounds a day, but, you know, YOLO. So I did like 300 more. Oh, and it's God. like, come on, man. Like, how do you. That's why when you said when you have someone with a big ego, they're a little it's a little bit easier to manage. I was kind of like, it seems like that would be harder because that would drive me well, insane. But see, but, but that's the thing. Like, I, like these days, like RPE is a big like. um a big coaching style, a big methodology. Mm-hmm. Like, coach mm-hmm. is an easy. It's it's easy for coaches to program RPE. Can you just take, give us a brief synopsis of what that yep. means so for RPE, folks that are listening? Yep, RPE is rate of perceived exertion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, instead of like sitting down and fully thinking about like what can my lifter lift next week, they just they just give them like a expected RPE to hit. Mm. And I think that's like the lazy man's coaching. Because you know? I was like, how do you, because I'm sitting here thinking, I'd be like, woo, that was a 10 and it's really right. not, or, you know, that was a two. And it's like, nah, girl, you were struggling. Like, how do you even <laughs> just say, here's your RPE, be, you know, be off with it. So if I had a coach like that, that I'm not a coach, I mm. just wanted to YOLO every week, mm-hmm. I would just give them a weight. Like, mm. no, this week you're lifting this. And if right. you don't lift that weight, then we don't have a relationship anymore. Right. Right. You know? Right. Um, right. Because you chose, you deliberately chose to like not do your program, right? With well, RPE, don't put it on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> don't right? post it. Because <laughs> like with RPE, you could say anything. Because your right. coach could give you a single at eight, 
and essentially you can live anything you want and call it an eight. Yeah, right. 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 You know, yeah. but if your coach gave you a single at 225 and you decided to grind out 265, then mm. now we got to have a conversation. Right, 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 right. So you bring up a really good point. Um, for people that may think, okay, I'm ready. I want to get a coach. I'm going to get serious. What are some things they should be looking for, questions they should be asking um, to determine if, you know, they're either it's the right coach for them or just in general, if they're a quote unquote good coach? Uh, see, I don't, I, it's hard. Cause like, what is a good coach? Right. Mm. Um, cause I think a lot of value that I bring to my clients is not in the X's and O's of programming. Like, right. yes, that's a part of it, but it's the interpersonal relationship, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, that gets developed over time. So okay. you may have a coach that's like killing it, it with the programming, but if you come to them with an issue, they can't solve it, mm. you know? Um, so there's no relationship there. Right. And right. at the end of the day, everyone wants a relationship. They want a friend. They want a family member. They want mm-hmm. someone that's going to support them when they're doing great, when they're doing bad. Like, they want that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're a person that don't need that connection, you know. That might work just for looking, you. That may work for you. Yeah. Like, I don't, per- personally, I don't need that connection. Mm-hmm. I just need the updated program that I can follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you're a person that just needs the X's and O's, you may you may like a coach like that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's just going to be like off to the side and not like all in your business. And, right. like, you know, right. they're just going to update your program, check on yeah. you every once in a while and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you just got to figure out what you want as an athlete. Gotcha. What would you say is your coaching philosophy? Uh, I don't know. That's a hard question. And I got I got what my very first podcast. uh Ask me the same question. Um, and it's really hard to like sum it up in, in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my main goal as a coach is to it take the athlete where they are. Okay. Like, like, I don't care if you're weak. I don't care if you're strong. Like you mm-hmm. said, this is a blimp in time. So where are you right now? Right. Mm-hmm. And wherever you are right now, we want to be, get, be better a month from now. Right. And then two months from now and three months from now. So wherever that is. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in the rankings. Like my goal for you is to obviously just make you better, right? Mm-hmm. And if I mm-hmm. can make you better, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, I've done my job. Right. Um, you know, so I kind of let the programs develop themselves within mm-hmm. the athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I ask them their feedback, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what mm-hmm. do you like? You know, sometimes once I have an athlete for uh, a few months, I'll ask them like, okay, do you have any requests? Mm. because I want them to feel equally responsible for the program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to have some ownership. Like, is there some exercises that you haven't done in a while that you love? Is that something that you absolutely hate and you don't find beneficial? You know, like, give me some feedback so, like, we can work on this together. Right. You know? Right. Do you also do, um, um, aside from programming, do you work with clients in terms of nutrition as well? God, No. Oh. No, no, like no. I try to stay, and 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 that's the hardest thing, right? Because obviously that's a very, very, very like important piece. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like since I I don't work with clients on nutrition, I I am missing that piece, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. But it, it is two different lanes. It is right. two different emotional like yeah, outbringings. Like nutrition is a whole different beast. Right. 
Right. You know, and and a lot of quote unquote coaches don't recognize that. So it's a whole you know, different beast. Know thyself, I say. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I try to stick in my lane. So if I could like outsource a, a, a coach for that, uh, mm-hmm. hey, go to this person. Right. So then you could get direct attention on this topic. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's not just like a 15 percent of like my attention to that. You, you hiring a coach specifically for that reason. Right. You know, so he's going to give that all to you. Mm-hmm. He or mm-hmm. she. Got it. Got it. Um, so this is something I've always been curious about, because one of the things I think I I really um, appreciate and enjoy watching you is that like and everybody has a different like style when they lift. You have those people that come out and they're like, Rawr, you know, and that's cool because that works for them. That aggression works for them. But I love that you just seem so peaceful when you come out to that bar and you're just like, you know, it's like you can feel your focus and you know, just sort of, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to do this. What, do you, what is it, like, do you have like a, a pre-lift ritual or something that you say to yourself before you get ready to uh, hit that lift, hit the platform? Or if you're on the platform and you're getting ready to hit that lift? Uh, so the, the stoic, the stoicness is just me trying to stay neutral. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if I could stay neutral, if I don't make the moment more than what it is, even mm-hmm. though it could be a big moment, right? If I could just literally just like, okay, one more time, this is just another rep, mm-hmm. you know, another set, another rep, I'm able to execute better, mm-hmm. you know. If mm-hmm. I'm able to like hear my thoughts in my head, like just you know, just go through everything, I'm able to execute all right. the moments that I've been like quote unquote hype and excited mm-hmm. and pumped. It has not worked out well. Mm, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Maybe just the energy just went to other places, and right. you know, it just it just hasn't worked out well. And I wish I was like a more like outgoing lifter. I, like I I, I mm-hmm. love people who like bring it. Like I and, love like, watching Kim Wolford. Oh too. yeah, I For, love and that. it's like, like the, the the polar opposites, right? I love it's watching so entertaining. you. And it's like watching her. It's like yo, she is just. It is. It's like you feel yeah. her energy too. But again, you know, like for yeah. me, it's like that's not really working for me. <laughs> yeah, right. So like I, I like I said, I love that. But mm-hmm. it's like I can't perform well with that. Right. You know. Right. That's when I like misstep. That you know. Mm-hmm. That's when mm-hmm. I misgroove. That that's when things like fall apart. When right. I'm like overly like excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you say to yourself right before you hit that lift? I just go through like my uh like my routine, like for deadlifts. I'm like, all right, make sure your feet are balanced. Mm-hmm. All right, make sure you you know your hips are open. Like just go through little things, just like yeah. slowly like kind of talk myself down. Mm-hmm. But the main thing mm-hmm. I say, like, especially with deadlifts, like once your hands touches this bar, that's it. Don't let go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like once you commit. That's it's, it's it. Right. You right. know, and a lot of times, like on 30 tips, I'm like, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like talk down the nerves, like, this is it. Like, you know, even though I'm not showing excitement, but like, still, like, be excited. Right. And be ready, you know. Right. And right. So I also tell myself, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how it feels. It doesn't need to be light, you know. So if I'm walking out my first attempt on squat, like, I need to know not to expect it to be light. Because mm. it's like when you expect something to be easy, and you got to work a little bit for it, it could catch you off guard and it could uh, rattle you. Okay. So it's okay. like, okay, this is my opener, but don't expect it to be light because it's right. still 93%. Right. You know, right. so it's expect the work. Like if you expect to work on each rep, okay. you know, I nothing like could catch you off guard. I like that. Expect so the work. 
Yeah. yeah. Cause it's funny when you were saying that, I'm like, oh my God, if I told myself that I would freak out. Like I'd be like, oh Lord, it's, it's my opening, but it's gonna be it's not gonna be like oh Lord. I'd be like a, a bunch of nerves. But I like expect the work because I think yeah. that is because if it, what's the worst case that happen? It like it flies. Right. <laughs> right. And you're pleasantly you know? surprised. Or if it doesn't fly, you're like, but right. I expected that. So right. that's that's awesome. Um oh, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, I know what I was going to ask you next. And uh, this is, you know, because folks want to know, and me, I'm folks. Um, <laughs> bench. Um, I think for a lot of women, sometimes that is our nemesis. Um, mm-hmm. I know it is mine. And, you know, I I think it, for me, almost it's a mental thing. Like, well, you know, most women don't have the, the same upper body strength that they have lower body strength. So bench is just going to be harder. Da, 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 da. What advice do you have for us to kind of really get in there and really improve bench for those of us where it just doesn't come naturally? Bench often. Mm. Bench often. Like if you're benching once or two times a week, that is not enough. That's a movement that needs a lot of frequency. Wow. A lot of frequency. Yeah. So like I said, I bench four days a week. Mm -hmm. So I I do um, like two comp days, basically. I have a a touch and go day. I have a close grip day. So different variations over the course of the week, but like I'm benching. You know, mm. plus obviously your accessories that's going to go along with that. Yeah. So, right. Right. What are some good accessories for bench? Obviously, uh, incline chest press, flat mm-hmm. chest press, incline barbell uh, bench. Uh, obviously, your dips and your push-ups. You know, mm-hmm. just the basic, nothing revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All those things is going to support your main movement. And I'll also say, so the number one thing that I tell my female clients, especially my online clients, is mm-hmm. to go buy fractional plates. Yes, yes. So, they have saved my life because sometimes trying to get that next five pounds, yes. maybe. So if you don't have fractional <laughs> it's plates, not easy. You know, and that'll keep you moving. I mean, five yeah. pounds is a lot, but yeah. you know, you may be able to do two and a half. Yeah. You yeah. know, so that's that is the biggest I found like the most success with using fractional plates with my uh female clients. Yeah. And yeah. and it keeps them motivated and it keeps them happy. Right. And they you know, they feel like they're improving, you know, even if it's mm-hmm. two and a half pounds, like it's something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's great advice. Um, oh, there was one more question. Oh, maybe that was it. Okay, so this is what I call the fun. I mean, it's all fun, but this is the fun <laughs> part of the podcast for me because this is where I just kind of get to ask random questions to get to know you a little better. Um, what's on your training playlist? Oh, so <laughs> I'm so most of the times I'm not listening to music because I'm in the gym with some couple friends at the time mm-hmm, and they like mm-hmm. they like talk. So, like, mm. only time I'm, like, actively listening to music is, like, when I'm, like, performing, like, a top set. Okay. And, like, that could be, like, Meek Mills. It could be, like, Lil Wayne. It's something, okay. like, upbeat and, like, ratchet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's <laughs> something, like... I love it. Yeah. That's um, fun. But if I'm, like, in the, gym, in the gym by myself on, like, a, a easy workout day, I pretty much listen to a, a podcast. Like, mm-hmm. some type of podcast. Something that's very mellow. What do you listen um, to? Uh, basically financial podcasts, oh, okay. personal finance, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Do you um, have any that you recommend or that you think would be good to listen to? Uh, uh, a general recommend, recommendation is Stacking, Stacking Benjamins. Stacking Benjamins, okay. And Afford Anything. That's too easy, you know, mm-hmm. too easy podcast to listen okay. to. Okay, okay. I like yeah. that. So it's your last meal on earth. Ooh. And, right, and you can have whatever you want. What are you eating? And that could be like one specific meal dish, or it could be like a very multi-course meal. I got my last meal, probably uh, Chinese food. 
Really? Chinese, you get you get some lo mein, you get some general chicken, <laughs> you get egg rolls. So you can get a combination of all the things you like. Mm-hmm. You get fried chicken. I like that. So it'll be something off the Chinese buffet, probably. You know, because okay. you could just grab whatever you want. Okay. Any dessert? Yeah. Uh, chocolate. Something, anything chocolate. Chocolate cake. Chocolate brownie. Ah. Anything chocolate. I love chocolate. That's my weakness. Okay. I like. I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. Um. What's one thing that you must always have in your gym bag? Like someone tells you, you know, you can't bring everything in your bag. Take everything out mm. except for one thing. What's that going to be? God, you know, first of all, let's just backtrack. My gym bag has everything. I have like three pairs of shoes. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> three knee sleeves. Exactly. More massage gun. Right. Uh, A small animal. What, um, so yeah, what do you. What honestly, do you... honestly, it'll be nothing. If I can really? only have one thing, I'd rather take nothing. I'd rather ah. just like, at that point, just give me my body and I'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Okay, you know? That's clever. I like that. You know, because if I have knee sleeves, I'm going to wear my belt. If right. I have my belt, I'm going to wear my <laughs> knee sleeves. So I'd rather just have nothing. That's yeah, so I'll take nothing. Like, I'm, I'll just leave my back here. I'll be all right. Uh, speaking of belts, are you team prong or team lever? And I've been like having this internal conflict about this. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I am team lover. So okay. I have an SBD belt. Um, I am sponsored by SBD, so I will just say that. Okay. Shout so, out, uh, SBD. Okay. Yeah, so I, I love my lever belt. Let me you tell know? you something. I was team prong for a very long time, and COVID forced me right on up out of my belt <laughs> and to get a new one. So I said, let me try this lever thing. When I tell yeah. you that flick <laughs> is like therapy, I'm like, I can't believe I've missed flicking this lever all these years. <laughs> I am converted. I love it. I'm never going back. Yes. So I'm also team team uh, team lever. Yeah, it's, it's just so easy. It's just easier. But yeah. but like the Enzer lever belt, the one that if you gain or lose five pounds, you gotta like completely unscrew it and adjust mm. it. I'm not team that. Right. Right. At right. that point, I'm team uh, buckle. You know, at that point, <laughs> right? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't yeah. have time to unscrew and adjust the yeah. entire lever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, What book have you read that has had a lasting impression or impact on you? Oh, God, sadly, I haven't read a book in so long, and I hate to admit that. (laughs) It's okay. It's been a while, so I can't even answer that question. Well, okay, okay, let's go back to the podcast then. What podcast has had kind of a lasting impact on you? Or movie? Yeah. (laughs) Movie. I don't, see, I'm, those, those type of questions are hard for me. I, like, What's your favorite movie type of questions? I have no idea. Mm. I have no like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because right. I'm, I'm not I'm not one of those like this is it type person. Yeah. You know, yeah. I will say like so like it so I went to a church sermon years ago, mm-hmm. and the the preacher said if if you think let me let me summarize better. It was about it was about stress, mm-hmm. right? And if you can't fix it, why stress about it? Mm. And if you can fix it, then why stress about it? Right. And right. that quote has had a less impression over my entire life because it's yeah. like I can't do nothing about that in this moment. Like so, yeah. me like sitting here stressing about it and like right. staying awake about like is is doing me no good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And if it's something I can fix, like what's my options? Like let's yeah. work towards fixing. So even like with fitness, it's like you want to get stronger. Cool. What are the things that you need to do to get stronger? Are right. you are you doing them? If you're not doing it, then you don't want to get stronger. Right. You know, same with right. and that's weight, okay. You just, know, you gotta just and it's okay. That. Yeah. But don't stress about it. Don't beat yourself up about it. 
-hmm. you know, and don't talk about it to others if you're not doing what you need to do to accomplish the goal. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I hear you. It's interesting what my, my daddy, the one from Louisiana, um, uh, one of the things he used to always say to me was, if you're going to pray, why worry? And if you're going to worry, why pray? And right. Much like you, that is mm -hmm. literally stuck with me my entire life. I mean, he's been gone like 20 something years, but every day mm -hmm. I say that to myself like several yep. times a day. Right. So you um, can't get a, you can't get on your knees and pray and then stand up and right. still be stressed. It's like, OK, right. so did you, you either going to give up <laughs> or not? <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? Uh, oh, what's the first thing you're going to do when outside opens? Outside been open. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> See. <laughs> uh we're homebodies so mm. we, like so this whole COVID thing has done nothing like it hasn't like changed our lives right. anyway because we're right. not people we don't go out we don't go to clubs like we'll, yeah. we'll go like to a restaurant at a bar together mm -hmm. um but you know that's about it so the only thing that has changed that we just can't go sit at a bar and enjoy you know yeah. being out yeah. but outside of that nothing Okay. Keep Is your partner a power lifter too? Uh, he used to power lift. And then when we started dating, I guess he was like, I'm going to let her have that. I'm going to find something else. <laughs> now that's love. <laughs> <laughs> she could have that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Here's, here's one for you. You ready? Yes. This is, this is a tough one. All right. Oof. <laughs> What's the blackest thing you've ever done? Oh, I about the, what I was about to say was going to be illegal for me to say. So, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. The the legal thing that you would like that you don't mind sharing God. with us. Uh, Damn! Now I have to ask you offline. Now I want to know. <laughs> oh man, uh, the the blackest thing. Well, see, that this would be a good question for me to ask Daniel because he's white. So, you know, this is this would be a question for him. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, so I don't know if it's a black thing, but the only time he's ever like truly judged me is I was I was in the bedroom and I like went get the fingernail clippers uh -huh. and I started clipping my toenails and I just like let the toenail like like clippings like just sit on the floor because I was like it's just gonna like blend in with the carpet. Oh my god. And he just oh looked at god. me like you you're just gonna like leave that there? I was like yeah, it was like the first time he ever like truly like. Just who are you? Like what is happening right now? I'm like that. Yo, that's not a thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ooh. I don't um, know. That might be a country thing. I don't that, know that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Thing. That's probably. Let me, let me ask you that thing. What's the what's the country thing you've ever that's done? That's probably a country thing. <laughs> you know, that's probably a country thing. So yeah, that's funny. That's probably that's a, funny. You know. All right. So um, before we get to this next part, um, what would today's Sam? tell your 10 year old and your 20 year old so what words of wisdom or encouragement would you give them i would say we did it you know like as a kid my main goal as a kid was like to be independent self-efficient whatever you do like just make sure you're good at it i remember mm -hmm. telling myself that i was like i have no idea what i want to do when i get older i still mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. i'm like but whatever mm -hmm. that is just make sure you're good at it mm -hmm. you know like you're the best at whatever you're doing that was my main goal and to not have to ask anyone for anything, not to be dependent mm. on anyone. And so as a kid, that was really important for me. Cause like I said, I didn't grow up with money, mm -hmm. you know? So to my main goal was like, whenever you do become an adult, like just make sure you're 
take care of yourself. So right. no one else has to take care of yourself. So mm -hmm. I was just telling my 10 year old self, like, we did it. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're good. And same thing for your 20 year old self? Same thing for my 20 year old self, even more so for my 20 year old self. Because at 20, that's when I just graduated undergrad and I had no idea what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. You know, because when I graduated college, I thought jobs were going to be knocking at my door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought they was going to like look at a database and say, oh, we want her. <laughs> Right, the job you know, I ain't, was coming. Right, <laughs> I didn't think I had to like write, get a resume, and mm -hmm. go to interviews. What you major in an undergrad? Uh, it was community health science, oh, like okay. public health. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I didn't think that I needed five years of experience to get a job. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's and, a racket. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, so fast forward to now, I'm like, all right, whew, whew, yeah, we're good, yeah. you know. Right. But at, at that point in time, it was it was a big insecurity. Yeah. You know, to work so hard and still have nothing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So this is our lightning round. So I'm going to say a, a, a phrase and I just want you to finish it with the first word that comes to mm. mind. You ready? Yes. <laughs> Strength is? Power. Love is? Mm. Kind. <laughs> <laughs> Black is? Beautiful. Sam is? Great. I love that. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I am about. pretty great. Sweet and <laughs> short and to the point. I love that. You are. You are. You got to, you know, we got to recognize our greatness. Um, so before we wrap up what has been such a delightful conversation, I'm so glad that um, we had the chance to do this. Where can the peoples find you on the internets? So uh, mainly on Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. Sam X Calhoun, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, my website is samstrong500.com. Uh, you can get like my online training rates there. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you mainly want to contact me, just hit me up in my DMs on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Yep. You heard it here, people. Um, and before we finish out, is there anything, any parting words you have for folks that are listening to our podcast today? My main words of encouragement is if you're thinking about starting anything, just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Uh, the worst thing you could do is fail. And mm -hmm. at least you could say, well, I tried. Right. You know, so, but most of the time, if you just do it, you'll just be happy you did it. Right, right. Like Nike. I love yep. it. Well, thank you again, Sam. I really appreciate getting an opportunity to, to chat with you. Yes, um, thank on you. On this level. This has been so much fun. Like I said, you've, you've been someone I've admired for a long time. Not thank just, you. you know, because you are strong as hell, but just your work ethic and the content that you put out for the people, the gems that you drop have just, I mean, they've helped me tremendously. So I Good, know they've thank helped you. others. So I really appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you too, listeners, for joining us again for this great conversation. So we will see you next time at the bar. Bye-bye.